1: It's time for WEEI Late Night with your Friday night host, the Hacksaw, Jim Hackett. Friday night with the Hacksaw is brought to you by Atlantic Power Cleaning. 30 and still getting dirty. AtlanticPowerCleaning.com and by Gould's Distinctive Clothing in Acton. You too can look as sharp as Rob Bradford. GouldsClothing.com. Now, here's Jim Hackett.
0: i just say I'm a Patriot fan big time first and more than anything it it bothers me that we haven't been able to win a playoff game in the last three years and I'm happy that um, we had a great I think we had a great draft last year and it made up for happened the previous four years or so and I look forward to hopefully having a great draft this year that's the only way you can build your team for long term and consistently
2: that uh, you have a chance of winning is having a good draft All right. Good evening, everybody. This is Jim Hackett. It's late night, Friday night on WEI. Everyone listening in Boston and throughout New England on the WEI Sports Radio Network and the Odyssey app. That is the venerable owner of the New England Patriots, Robert Kraft, who made those comments at the NFL owners' meetings back on March 29th. The quote within the quote was, I'm not happy that we haven't won a playoff game in three years, so I think about that a lot. I have an article up on WEI.com. It got a lot of hits, and um, I started the article. The title of it is The Patriots Have a Problem. And if you've been listening to me since the beginning of October on this Friday night show, 10 to midnight, then you know where I'm going. The Patriots Have a Problem. It's spelled B-I-L-L. That's Bill for Bill Belichick. And the Patriots do have a problem. And if you know me and you've read my articles over time, you know that I have the utmost respect for Bill Belichick, what he's built here, the 18-year dynastic period of the Patriots. But we are not there right now, friends. We are four years away, four years removed from their last Super Bowl. When they last hoisted the Lombardi Trophy was February 3rd, 2019. And what's amazing to me is I'm watching that game last night, which, look at. I thought they were going to lose last night. My prediction was thirty-one twenty Bills. I'm not surprised they lost. I'm surprised about how rotten I felt watching that game. It felt like a it felt like a preseason game, particularly in the second half. And what you learned that was really upsetting. I think and I'm trying to get my arms around this all day, listening to the station and you know reading and just my own thoughts in terms of watching the game and rewatching part of it. I couldn't rewatch all of it. It was just too nauseating to watch, but or too boring, I should say. But what really strikes me is that the Patriots, the team that Bill Belichick has built since we last saw Tom Brady here in, in the 2019 season, it just can't stack up. Now, I came on the first time I was on here October 7th on this Friday night shift, and I said, look at the Patriots are 1-3. They've got six cream puff games. They should come out 5-1, and, and they did. And that's exactly what the Patriots can do. They can beat up mediocre teams with mediocre coaching, And mediocre or less than quarterbacks. Sam Ellinger, Mitch Trubisky, Zach Wilson, you know the list. You can even throw uh, the Lions quarterback in there. Andrew Elves, he's escaping my name there. Uh, uh, Jared Goff, you know, he's mediocre. He's probably the best of that group. But whenever the Patriots are challenged with a team with offensive talent, with more talent on the defensive side of the ball, with a quarterback who can move the team down the field, who can sling it a little bit, like Kirk Cousins, or certainly last night, we like what you saw with Josh Allen. The Patriots don't stack up. They just don't stack up. And yet, this has been the case since February 3rd, 2019, when they won Super Bowl 53. This has been the case. It's been business as usual by Bill Belichick. And that is the problem. It shouldn't be business as usual. These aren't usual times. If usual times is what you knew from 2001 to 2018, then it's fine. Business as usual is fine, but it's not fine. The Patriots are 6-6, six and six, and they are lucky to be 6-6 six and six because those five wins they had in the middle of the season there, cream puffs. And you're a lot more like them than you are like the people that you can't beat, like Buffalo, who you have to face again at the end of the year. I'm not worried about the 2022 season. What I'm worried about And what really, really got driven home to me last night, and which kind of sparked me to write the article is, you know, this is a big problem for the Patriots. It spans way past the 2022 season. This team had problems anyway. They've got problems in terms of the way they're building it. Take this year's draft out. We'll get into the draft, 2022 draft, 2021 draft was okay. But for several years, incomplete at best, incomplete at best, the team building that Bill Belichick has deployed in the post-Brady era has been a failure. One playoff appearance, they got smoked. They're not going to be there this year, guys. If they get in, it's a failure of the league. It just shows how mediocre the league is. And we talked about that, I think, two weeks ago, another article I wrote about how the NFL mediocrity is affording the Patriots an opportunity. But that opportunity has gone. you got another one with Buffalo. You've got Miami. You've got Cincinnati, you've got Arizona, you've got another one with Buffalo. It's not going to get easier. And I think you learned a little bit more about this team last night than any of us hoped that we would have. They just don't stack up. The other quote, we played Robert Kraft at the top. The other quote I cited in my article, the second one was, Robert, was, was from Bill Belichick. The man who's charged with solving the very problem that his owner cited late last winter on March 29th is Bill Belichick. And I wrote, during a bumpy, confusing, and concerning training camp, the Patriots football czar, right here on WEI, said the following. Ultimately, I'm responsible for all of it. If you want to ask who's in charge, then it would be me. I have the final say in everything. Okay. We all knew that. It was good to hear. But that opens up an opportunity to have to be accountable. And Bill Belichick, I'm sorry. It's time to start being accountable. They need to change their ways in that front office over at Gillette Stadium. They need to change desperately. I've been saying it for a long time. Bill Belichick's the greatest coach who's ever played, who's ever coached. Not only in the NFL, I think in any sport. The guy's a great coach, okay? And you can't throw a turd into his success that he had here for a twenty year period, largely an 18 year period within that 20 year period. But you can't do business. As usual, it's not usual times. There are 500 team, there are below 500 team when you take Brady out of the mix in this whole period. The Cam Newton disaster in 2020. This year's team, last year's team fell apart at the end after the seven game winning streak. I sat right in here with Nick Fitzie Stevens. We were we were the pre pre pre-game show for that Saturday game against the Colts. I've talked about this a few times. And we were excited, but they got unmasked that night as a defense that was too slow. There's a defense that couldn't stop the run and an offense that couldn't keep up. And it hasn't really improved much since then. I think a week ago Thursday night you saw the offense clicking a little bit and people got a little bit excited. Now, I didn't think it was enough for me to think they were going to be Buffalo last night. I did think they would compete a little bit more, and I didn't think they'd give up in the second half. But the question is, why do they give up? And I think it's belief. I think it's belief. Now, an athlete should never quit on the field, Ever. But I think this team has a real belief problem. Belief in the plays that are coming in, particularly on offense. A lack of belief of the people who are sending the plays in, i.e. Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. And I'm worried that there might be a lack of belief in the person who deployed those two people in those positions that they, A, weren't qualified for, and, B, should have never been put in that position in. And that's Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is the guy who built this team. Bill Belichick, as he said in his own quote, it would be me. I have the final say in everything, quote, unquote, with Bill Belichick. He's the decider, as a president of the United States once said. And my question is this. Okay, if you're the decider, how many good decisions have you made since that last Super Bowl victory February third, two thousand nineteen. It's not a lot. So for the show, and you can weigh in six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. I've got a bucket of the good and a bucket of the bad. I actually printed out all the transactions he's made since two thousand nineteen. There's some funny stuff in there, by the way. There's some there's some signings and some and releases that are kind of funny that triggered some memories. But you know, just on the high level stuff. I mean, think about the last four years and what has and hasn't happened. How about not extending Tom Brady at the end of the uh, after Super Bowl 53? You didn't, what else did you need to see? They should have extended him back the Super Bowl before in 52 that they lost when the defense, you know, Brady threw for 505 yards, five touchdowns, no picks, and lost. (laughs) That was a Matt Patricia defense, by the way. You don't like him on offense. I didn't love him on defense as the defensive coordinator anyway back then, but he had an MVP season that year. And why not extend him at that point? Well, because Belichick has it in his mind and has always had it in his mind that you can't move forward with a quarterback over 40. Okay, duly noted, makes sense, logical. But you had an outlier right before your eyes. You were with this guy. You were with Tom Brady for 20 years. What else did you need to see? An MVP season, three touchdowns in the Super Bowl, 505 yards. You don't extend him? You let him play out his last year in 2019. It ends badly with a loss at home, home playoff loss to to the Tennessee Titans. And then that was it. Not a good decision. Okay? So start with that one. That's a big one. How about the lack of succession plans? That's one area that Belichick was a little bit ahead of, a lot a bit ahead, back in 2014 when he drafted Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round. Okay, I'll give you credit for that. Brady was 37 at the time, and he was just too early on that. He was too early on that. Because you know who replaced Tom Brady? Tom Brady replaced Tom Brady. Okay? But what happened happened after that? If you thought about it when he was 37, why weren't you ready when he was 40, 41, 42? I- I'll never understand that. And anyone who ever got eyeballs on Jared Stidham knew that. He wasn't going to be the succession plan. He was just a guy. A guy filling a spot. So again, the bad decisions started before Brady left but have really amplified since then. So my article's up on WEEI.com. You can check it out right now. The Patriots have a problem, and it's spelled B-I-L-L. Belichick's mantra has been business as usual. Everything's the same. Is anything different that you see here can read in between the lines with Bill Belichick, or is it business as usual? And I would say this is not the time for business as usual. And if they go into the offseason like that, it's going to be a long offseason, And you're going to have a long, long wait before your Patriots get back anywhere close to what you've known. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to trend. Back with your call, 617-779-7937. I'm Jim Hackett, WEI Late Night, Friday Night.
1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We're back to Friday night with the hacksaw. It's Jim Hackett on WEEI. Mm.
2: All right, welcome back. Sports Radio WEI. I'm Jim Hackett. It's late night, Friday night, and has been has been the case the last several weeks. A lot of Patriots talk because, boy, did they lay an egg last night, Thursday night football, and uh, I can't tell you that I was looking for anything else. I was looking for a little bit more fire, a little bit more rhythm, particularly coming off of that game in Minnesota where I, you know, I really thought for the first time this year, really, maybe, maybe you could go back to the uh, third preseason I'm sorry the third regular season game against the Ravens where they clicked a little bit until Matt kind of threw it away the offense was still a work in pro, uh, progress then and it still is and we're in December and it looks like I mean I I was texting with people last night during the game and this feels like preseason you know um everything's off everything's off and as I said at the top of the show with two quotes we started with Robert Kraft and the fact that you know they haven't won a playoff game in a few years. It's kind of sticking under his craw. He wouldn't have mentioned it if it wasn't, okay? And then the quote Bill Belichick, and I think he said this a couple times, Andrew. He said it on our air, and he said it before. Like Basically, all the decisions come to me. You want to make someone accountable? Come to me. Well, I'm coming to you, Bill, because my question is this. Since Brady's left and since the last time you hoisted that trophy, that Vince Lombardi trophy, February 3rd, 2019, Super Bowl 53, how many good decisions have you made? Why is it business as usual? It should be business as very unusual because things ain't clicking the way they were. And the decisions he's made, empowering guys like Matt Patricia, a career defensive mind, who frankly, and I've had callers call about this, 617 nine seven ninety three seven. I wasn't really all that chuffed with him as a defensive coordinator. And that's where he made his bones. He is learning on the fly. And the Patriots' offense and the Patriots are suffering because of it. Not only that, and worst of that, you invested first-round draft capital just a year ago in Mac Jones. seen enough to keep investing in him. I haven't seen enough to say he's going to make it and have a 10-year career as an NFL starter. I don't think I've seen enough of that yet. I'm, I'm close sometimes on that, but I do think he's an NFL quarterback, and you've certainly seen enough to invest in him. So what do they do? They surround him with Joe Judge. And Matt Patricia. And you know what? <laughs> I, they are what they are. Okay? They are what they are. I am not a believer in Matt Patricia in general. Maybe as if like a football consigliere, like an Ernie Adams, maybe. If Belichick is, if he feels loyalty from him, he feels he's someone he can trust, then put him in that consigliere role. But as a coach on the field, Colin plays on offense, uh-uh, not sold. Let's see what Joe in Rhode Island thinks. He wants to talk about the coaching situation. Good evening, Joe.
0: Hi, how are you? Good. Um, how are you, Joe? Jim, you seem like a very logical guy, and Thank I you. think the media, the Boston media in general, has not done its homework. And I would like to just uh, mention a couple names, if I may. Um, have you ever heard of a guy named Mick Lombardi?
2: Oh yeah. Well, no. Listen, Michael, Tom Mike, and Yeah,
0: sure. And Bo Hardigree, all former Patriots they were coaches. Part of the offensive staff yep. for the Patriots yep. under. And they all went to the Raiders. Yep. So shame on the Boston Media for not doing its homework and asking Bill, why did you let these guys go? Because your offensive coordinator should have been Mick Lombardi. Your offensive line coach should have been Carmen Brussello. I might be mispronouncing the names, I apologize. No, is right.
2: You got it right. Yep.
0: Right? And then the quarterback's coach would have been Bo Hardigree, right? Yep.
2: And there's other so, guys, Joe.
0: There's other guys. I've been writing so about that's this. the real story that's being missed. It's yeah. not just the new offensive Coordinator, but the whole staff has been wiped out.
2: Joe, have you ever so, read, have you ever read my articles on WEI.com? I've been writing about the brain drain in New England for years. I wrote an article a couple of years ago, it was right about the time Dante Scarnecchia retired, and I got thinking about right, it, you know, dating all the way well, back. You mentioned
0: Ernie Adams, another great mind. He yeah. had so, yeah, look, he retired. You know. Okay,
2: that that's going to happen. That's going to happen. But Charlie, sure. Charlie, going way back to the first dynasty, Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cornell. You know, people forget. The Patriots were operating so well, but Belichick wasn't alone back then. He had Scott Pioli. He had Thomas Dimitrov right, had who went of off to minds. Atlanta. Yeah, he had a lot of great minds around him. And when he went right. off on his own, that's when I think it started to kind of peel away. That's when it started to fall off with the right. drafts. You know what I mean? So so good stuff, Joe. Yeah. I, I now, appreciate as as it. Okay. For- yeah, get, uh, we lost Joe. Okay. We cut him off. That's okay. You can call back some uh, later in the show, Joe. He had more to say. But, no, he's right. And uh, as soon as he went down that path... Andrew, and to all the listeners out there, as soon as we went down that path, I knew with the first name, when he said Mick Lombard, he's going to talk about the coaching brain drain. And you know what? When you have the amount of success the Patriots have had up through, I would say, 2018, that, that last Super Bowl winning season, it's a monkey see, monkey do culture in sports. People are going to try to, re- A, replicate what you do, and they, go, they want a piece of you in their organization. Okay, So some of it you can't control. However, and I've been saying this Ever since I had a microphone and many times off of it, there's no salary cap to your coaching staff. There's no salary cap to your personnel department. That does not impact financially what you can and can't do with your 53-man roster and even your practice squad. So if you wanted to spend a billion dollars on Bill O'Brien or name your coordinator, you could do it. Flip it around. If teams are interested in Brian Dayball, if they're interested in Brian Flores and you really like those guys, or how about Josh McDaniels? I know Josh McDaniels has wanted to be a head coach for a long time. You know? He was he was um, ostracized there for a while for leaving Indianapolis at the altar, which, by the way, he was in his right mind to do. I wouldn't want to work for Jim Irsay either. Did you ever work for some, a crackpot like that? Please, give me a break. They damn near killed Andrew Luck, uh, a number one pick that they, they forfeited basically an entire season to get, and they never drafted an offensive lineman. Tell me how that works. So I don't give... McDaniel's any guff about that at all. I think he made the right decision. I think Kraft and Belichick made the right decision in courting him to get him back. But the point is, fast forward to this offseason, you could have kept him. You could have kept Josh McDaniel's. Now, he might have had his mind set to go, but money talks. Money talks. You could overpay him and say, look, here are the keys to the Cadillac. They're right here. Cling, ling, ling, ling. ling. Here are the keys to the Cadillac. They're yours once Bill's ready to retire. And then Bill probably grumbles, oh, "I'm already retiring or whatever." But there are ways to keep and retain good people. Let's see what Mike and Newton thinks on Matt Patricia, the O-line, and an overall lack of talent. That's what I'm writing about in my article today. Good evening, Mike.
3: The way I like the uh, the mumbling impersonation of Belichick there—that was spot on. <laughs> um, this, listen, the thing with uh, Belichick that I've no—I've just—I mean, I've just, I'm trying to think about it. I'm trying to think. How do we get to this point? How do we get from the point where Tom Brady's not only not the quarterback anymore, but the team is so bad and so dysfunctional that, like, they're losing fans? I mean, I think that's what it's going to come down to Mm. for Kraft. Kraft will finally realize it when nobody's paying attention to the Pats anymore Mm. because they're horrendous. And they've got no like, in Belichick's just. I'm sorry, he's just like, I think he's losing it.
2: It's tough. It was tough to watch last night, Mike. It was tough to watch last night. And I think if I was if I was seeing the screen correctly, um, and they weren't showing it, but every once in a while, you can't help it, but show the crowd looked a little light in the second half. Am I wrong, Jim? Did you right? It did,
3: and Jim, did you notice too that they didn't really show the coaching sideline? No, at least ours. I don't know. Maybe that's like an Amazon Prime thing. I don't know, but like. Usually they at least pan to the the coaching staff, and so the only thing I saw was like a, like somewhat confused uh, Steve Belichick or whatever his name is. Um, but the thing I wanted to say, Jim, about the Patricia situation, and the, the, I mean, yeah, I'll leave you with this, Matt Patricia, you know, it, it, the what I was talking about the arrogance earlier, yeah, the arrogance of Bill Belichick to say, oh. I don't need an offensive coordinator with uh, a second-year quarterback, even though I just lost my offensive coordinator. I'm going to put this clown, yeah. Matt Patricia, yep. who was terrible as a defensive coordinator. Yep. Wh- you know, in charge of the offense. Like, wh- I mean, wh- the absolute. I'm sorry, that's it. Jimmy. Just the arrogance of Belichick. Yeah. And you know, when you get cocky. That's when you get your head handed to you and you start losing and that's what's happening and they're not going to win a game the rest of the year. They're terrible.
2: You might be right, Mike. And I'll tell you what. The um yeah, that's when empires fall, right? With arrogance. The key word is arrogance. Yeah. You think that you can go into this season in the most what might which is I, I think conventional wisdom is that the second year of development for a quarterback is the most important oh. year. It's the jump year, okay? Yeah, and and, and Good. And Jim, let's
3: not forget what he did to. to uh, let's not forget what he did to Mac Jones. Yeah, and I, I, you know what? And I, be, you know, I was a. Uh, I I really liked Bailey Zappi, and I, I thought just the only reason I really liked him, he, he threw some touchdowns. He stepped up in the pocket a little bit better than. Uh, but I think he had better protection. Mac Jones, he's really uh, on the verge of ruining Mac Jones, because who pulls a, a quarterback out of the game? In the second quarter against the terrible Bears team, uh, and, and he's and he's you drafted him in the first round. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You just drafted him in the first round. You, I, I think it's Bella Honestly, I think that was Belichick almost protecting his hide because he knew that the fans were just going to go wild. And he's just like, well, it may you know this will make it look like it wasn't Patricia being horrendous and absolutely pathetic as an offensive coordinator
2: yeah that's good stuff mike thanks for the call as always mike's a frequent caller appreciate his input and you know what he said something i think very profound the mac jones stuff one thing i want to say about that is I, i actually think mac has, um up until last night he repaired himself pretty well you know the first couple games was don't turn it over don't make mistakes don't hand the game away very winnable games against indianapolis and the jets he did that progressed the football a little bit more, snapped it around a little bit more in a controlled environment against the Jets. They win that one. Thanks to Marcus Jones. Um, Fast forward a week and they go over to Minnesota on Thanksgiving night. And I was here with um, Mark Dundaro Thanksgiving morning. We did the nine to noon. That was fun. And I said, let him sling it now. You want to get his confidence back? You want to end this crisis of confidence that Mac Jones is suffering from that Bill Belichick injected into the equation by surrounding him with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in multiple philosophies, and multiple ideas, and convoluted communication, and things that don't play to his strengths, all those things that chipped away and not to mention a high ankle sprain, and not to mention a young rookie coming in and looking good. Crisis of confidence. It was real. You saw it. You saw it. It was a crisis of confidence. Now, I will say he's looked a lot better. But the guy's he's punching a brick wall here, guys. Like it, there's no there's not a supportive structure around him. But I do want to give Mac credit. And I'll make an analogy. Think about the Celtics this summer with the Imeidoka news, okay? Have the Celtics, I mean, they have been unflappable. That was a big deal. A lot of people are giving, you know, Joe Mazzula a lot of credit, and you should. He's walked in as if he's been in control of the the team the entire time. Hasn't skipped a beat. But the players stepped up. They said, all right, we need to turn this into a non-story in terms of how it affects us, and we're going to be accountable. And they have been. And Matt Jones has been accountable to his own crisis of confidence that his coach created. He blew his stack last night on the sideline. I was so happy to see that on Barstool this morning. That was great. And, boy, was that thing traveling on Twitter uh, all morning today. But you know what? Good for him. Good for him. Because, you know, when the walls are crumbling around you all the time, be it at work or at home or wherever you go, at some point, you're going to snap. I'm surprised it took them that long. Let's see what David and Beverly thinks. David thinks it's time for a change with the coaching staff, and I agree. Good evening, David.
3: Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, they punted. They took a delay a game on a punt inside the 20-yard line.
2: Yep. Unbelievable. It's, it's,
3: it's nonstop. The mistakes, um, it's just time. You know what I mean.
2: Everything ends. You're right, David. You know what I mean. Think back. Think back to. I'll give you two memories that stick with me. And I think of Tom Landry. You know. Yeah. And as like a yeah. life as a, <laughs> a as you know as a yeah. life as as a lifelong Patriots Sorry. fan. That's okay. As yeah. a as a lifelong Patriots fan. Um, I always had adoration for him. Like, he just looked the part, right? The Patriots was just... The Yeah, exactly. But the Patriots were struggling at that time, in and out. They had fleeting success here or there. And it ended poorly for Landry. Then you think of Don Shula. You know, I think of, like, Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber. I just got mugged by a little old lady on a motorized cart. He had the motorized cart on the sideline. That that wasn't a good look for him. Absolutely. The, uh,
0: My grandmother had a crush on Tom Landry. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah.
2: so, How you doing? Uh, oh, 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 we lost David. That's okay. Well, David, uh, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate that. Good to hear about your grandmother and the crush on Tom Landry. But, you know. Everything comes to an end, I think, is David and Beverly's point. Everything comes to an end. And I'm not saying pull the plug on Belichick today or even next season. But I'm going to stay consistent on what I have said. Because I I, I don't throw people's jobs out, you know, with the bathwater. I don't think that's fair. Although, you know, Belichick at 70 years old going on 71, I'm not too worried about with the empire he's built. However, what I've been saying, I'm going to stay consistent on this. How about a different set of eyes? How about a different set of eyes? When all this kicked off in 2001, he had Scott Pioli, he had Thomas Dimitrov, he had a supporting cast around him. When Weiss retired, they had a a succession plan with Josh McDaniels. When Josh McDaniels took off, they had a succession plan with Billy O'Brien. When it was time for Billy O'Brien to go, guess what? They brought Josh McDaniels back. It was functioning really well organizationally for a long time. Does the organization function that well in your eyes the last four years? I don't even think it's close. I think it's a big delta between how this organization ran when it was complete versus how it is now with a Bill Belichick outstretched, Matt Patricia outstretched, Joe Judge outstretched, and the fact that Belichick put those two guys in the position to be outstretched on the side of the ball, on the side of the field that they're on, is preposterous. Preposterous. Take it a step further. Think about the nepotism in the organization. So you've gone from having guys like Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cronell, Josh McDaniels, Billy O'Brien, Brian Flores, who I adore, and I wish when Miami got rid of him, At 8 o'clock in the morning, on a Monday, whenever that happened, they should have called him at 8.02. They should have been the first call in. But anyway, Flores, Dayball, uh, Joe in Rhode Island mentioned, Carmen Bricello, Mick Lombardi, others. But think about the nepotism. His own two sons. He had Mick Lombardi, who's the son of his friend Mike Lombardi. He's got Matt Groh, who I think I might like, but again, son of Al Groh, former defensive coordinator under Parcells. Long-time peer of Bill Belichick, similar age. You hear where I'm going? I've been saying this for a while, and I wrote about it a couple months ago. Is Bill Belichick doing what's best for the team? It's his, it's his fallback. It's what he always tells you. You know? Why so many penalties this year? Well, we we're just doing what's best for the team. What, whatever the question is. Are you? Are you? Or at 70 years old, Bill, have you employed people that you know you can be, that will be loyal to you, that you can trust, that will say they agree with you, that won't ruffle your feathers, won't question the emperor. That's kind of what it feels like to me. And sitting at 6-6 six and six after that debacle last night, you prove something. You prove something to your team, to your fan base, and to the NFL. You can't hang. You can't hang with the real contenders. You can beat the pretenders all day, but make no mistake, you're a pretender right now. The Patriots are a pretender in the NFL. And here's the worst part. Your quarterback is playing worse than he was last year. He's in his second year. He's got nowhere to turn. You saw him on the sideline. Are you on Twitter? Are you on Facebook? Are you on Instagram? Are you on earth? Did you see him swearing about not throwing the ball? And our running game is this and that. Words I can't use on the radio. That's frustration. And that frustration is real. And that frustration was injected into this team. It was injected into this fan base, injected into your quarterback, all at the feet of Bill Belichick. So I'll ask you before we break. Is business as usual acceptable? The Patriots have a problem, and it's spelled B-I-L-L. And in that article on WEI.com, I ask one simple question. How many good decisions has Bill Belichick made since their last Super Bowl victory? I ask you. Come back after the break.
1: After the end of a good fight, Right back to it. Friday night with the Hacksaw
2: on WEI. All right. The people have spoken here at WEI late night Friday nights. Jim Hackett, your host. In an hour one, we've been doing what we've been doing for a while, and I don't want to do it. I don't want to always be in the seat where I have to kill Bill Belichick, but he's given me a lot of reasons to do it. i got an article up on WEI.com. And it talks about it. The Patriots have a problem, and it's spelled B-I-L-L. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. You know, someone name me a good decision he's made in the last four years. It's hard to find. Some of the drafting has been pretty good. There have been some acquisitions here or there. You know, I actually went on to ESPN.com before I came on. and I printed out four years of all the transactions. There's some funny stuff in there. I'll get to that in the 11 o'clock hour. But I did want to hit uh, some texts that came in at 37937. One was David and Beverly who called a few minutes ago, got cut off there. But he brought up a good point, and it, it kind of echoes what Mike and Newton had said earlier, which is Mike has called a couple of times. He's talked about Belichick's arrogance. And it, it really is It is what it is, isn't it, <laughs> to quote Bill Belichick. But that's the right word. And Think about it. You don't have an offensive coordinator. You don't have a uh, really a defensive coordinator. Stephen Belichick has never gotten the title. Gerard Mayo has never gotten the title. Um, Matt Patricia is the play caller easy guy to blame you know joe judge is the quarterbacks coach but this has gone on for a long time and brian flores was not the defensive coordinator he was the defensive play caller um you know belichick throws titles around like manhole covers and like you know part of the problem is the reason people leave jobs is because a they don't feel valued b they can move up and feel they're valued and they can make more money so when you're not giving people the titles And you're not giving people the money. We know Belichick's really cheap with the money, particularly for his coaches, which, by the way, has no salary cap, so don't get that. But if you're not making people feel valued, you're not giving them the title so that they can try to advance and evolve their career, and you're not paying them, why would they stay? So when Belichick has a quote like, it's all on me, which he said in August when he was questioned on this station, well, put the brain drain. Put the coaching brain drain and the personnel brain drain that has left this organization over the course of 20-plus years on Bill. Put the fact that his arrogance put him in a position where he thought he could take his two capos, who both got fired, by the way, Matt Patricia, after a horrible, horrible, horrible stay in Detroit. We'll pull up his record at the break. It ain't pretty. It's something like 15 and 29 if he even got to 15. But... Not only do you, I have no problem with you bringing him in if you're comfortable with him. And he had him as like the special assistant. Great role for him. Have him supplant Ernie Adams. That would make sense. Offensive play caller? Really? What was on his resume to put him in that position? The fact that he was an assistant offensive line coach in 2005? Is that it? I don't know, man. Arrogant. So back to the text, 3793.7. Dave and Beverly, he followed Mike. And he said, you know, he went from arrogant to defensive. You know, that's another thing. And I've said this a million times. When you're defensive in an argument, you've lost the argument. As soon as your defensive defenses go up, you have lost the argument. And Bill Belichick has been really defensive with the questions, man, this year. He is like, he can't wait to punch back. Anyone with eyeballs, anyone who can see, anyone who can hear and watches the games, no." that this Patriots team is uncharacteristically making mistakes and getting penalties is the top of that list. It might not be as uncharacteristic in the last few years. Again, part of the problem. Patriots have a problem, spelled B-I-L-L. But historically, since Belichick took over in 2000, that team was pretty mistake-prone. But from 01 to 18, even 19, Brady's final year, Not so bad with the mistakes. You know, pretty good on penalties, always, throughout that whole time. What's going on? Why all the penalties? I'll tell you what I think it is. I think Belichick's too outstretched. I think he's a 70-year-old man. He's got his son calling defensive plays. He's got what should be an adopted son of his, Matt Patricia, calling offensive plays. Neither of them with a hefty resume that supports – Either of them really being in that position, other than Steven Belichick being Bill's son, absorbing football his whole life, I'm sure, kind of a you know a steward of knowledge at the best who's ever done it. but he's learned on the fly the last couple of years. He's had to. Patricia is legitimately learning how to call offensive plays in December. What are we doing? What are we doing? And if there was ever a game on on the calendar? To really go for it and try to be innovative, try new things. Now, the Marcus Jones thing was a little innovative, but that's one play. There was a statistic in the first half, I think, or when they came out in the second half, Buffalo had run 49 plays to the Patriots 14. That's not good. <laughs> that's not good. I'm not great at math. I know that 49 is wildly larger than 14. Not great. And why are are your drives stalling? That shows me that you're going three and out a lot. Why are you going three and out a lot? Because you're not fooling anybody. No innovation. And it's not a a shot at Matt Patricia. You know, he can't do it. (laughs) He's not an offensive coordinator. He's not an offensive play caller. Belichick is the one to blame. Belichick and his own arrogance, as Mike and Newton and Dave and Beverly said. That's what put these guys in this position. So here you are. 6-6, Six and six and lucky to be there. Six one seven, seven seven nine, seven ninety-three seven. We're going to keep talking about Belichick. You know, if you came back from the Celtics game, they lost one twenty to one sixteen in overtime. But if you want to inject some positivity, I'll talk Celtics and Bruins all day. I'll talk with you on that. But the topic du jour is most certainly the Patriots and what happened at Gillette Stadium last night against the Buffalo Bills. I mean, the second half was like a preseason game. It was a preseason game. Everything they were trying was failing. Then you started to question whether they were trying. And on the flip side of it, speaking of, like, you know, kind of not trying, tapping the brakes, how about the Bills? If the Bills wanted to run up 50 on them last night, they probably could have. But they didn't, did they? I wouldn't go so far as to say it was pity, but I think they knew that the Patriots' offense wasn't going to get them. So, like, why, why risk it? Why risk it? You know, just let's run our offense, kick it back to them, and let them run into their offensive line and kick it back to us. And it's exactly what happened. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Lots of energy in the first hour in terms of the Patriots calls. Appreciate that. Keep them coming. My my simple question to you guys is: Is this how many good decisions has Bill Belichick made since Brady's been gone? Since Super Bowl fifty three, go back that far. Since you know February third, two thousand nineteen. Let's look at some of them. I talked about it at the top. You know, you didn't extend Brady. Bad idea. <laughs> that was a bad idea. How about having no second succession plan for Tom Brady? You know, you did have one with Garoppolo. you got to give him credit. And I wrote in my article, I cited it. You know, when you look at the Patriots team that Bill Belichick, A, constructed, and B, deconstructed, you have to look at the whole picture. Now, Calling him out and holding him accountable for what's happening this year, what happened in the offense, uh, the offseason that led to this year and the years before, I'm not picking on him. I'm calling it like it is. I'm calling it like it is. And you know what? When I say the, the organization he constructed, I'm giving him credit for everything he did for 18 years. Okay? Last four, not so good. Deconstructed. Deconstructed a championship team. And why? Because he thought he could get away with it, with his value shopping, Value shopping approach that he takes to the roster and then applies it to his personnel department and his coaching staff? Do I have a buffoon like Matt Patricia, a career defensive minded guy running your offense? Come on. Come on. That's arrogance. And David and Beverly's right. That arrogance has led to him being defensive. He doesn't want to answer the questions. He's citing that the defense is the least penalized in the league in a season when collectively, offense, defense, special teams, as he loves to. Wax poetic about all three phases of the game. You're getting penalties at critical times every game. They're walking backwards. They're going backwards on offense. Game after game after game. Go back to Minnesota. Special teams mistakes. And this is nothing new. You know, Cam Accord, the special teams coordinator, he had a tough season last year, too. What's bailing you out on special teams are guys like Marcus Jones, and Nick Folk, Nick Folk actually might be the best decision that Bill Belichick has made in four years. Signing and re-signing Nick Folk, your kicker. I'll leave you with that with hour one. You're listening to Late Night Friday Night with Jim Hackett. Hour two, the 11 o'clock hour coming up. More of you guys in your calls, 617 779 Business as usual at Foxborough. How many good decisions has Bill Belichick made since Super Bowl 53? I ask you. Back after this.